Hey, welcome back. It's Food News and Choose Radio. Happy Saturday, everybody. Chef Jeremy, Sylvia, Norma, how's everyone doing today? Doing just great. Doing good, man. We're going to talk. We got a lot of food to talk about. We got a uh, king cake we're going to talk about in the next segment with our friends from Donut Days Bakery who, who do king cakes. We're going to talk about, I know we're going to talk about salads today. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where we, we kind of mm-hmm. wanted to chat because you know, we, were, we were talking to Food Chain a lot. And everybody mm-hmm. kind of knows them in town, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're doing aquaponics. They're doing aquaculture. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like we've talked about at Kentucky State University. So, I mean, primarily, you yeah. know, their byproduct from raising shrimp is, you know, that wastewater goes into making salad greens. Yeah. And at some point, I think you should go into the salad. And I know you have a recipe. Yeah. People need to write that down and listen to the podcast and get that written down. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to talk about that relationship between fish and plants, which <laughs> sure. is aquaponics. Right. And I know Kentucky State is doing a whole bunch of stuff with that, mm-hmm. as is uh, Food Chain. Right. And so, but why don't you begin with the salad? Well, sure. So Food Chain, you know, is, is going to be doing a variety of salads. And you're probably, you know, familiar with these. You see kind of tender, succulent greens probably baggied up. And you see them at farmer's markets because a lot of, you know, people in high tunnels are, are doing this now. Uh, it's a great cash crop for farmers because, mm-hmm. you know, every restaurant, everybody buys salad greens. So even if we let them just sit there and rot in our fridge. Sometimes, I know, you know unfortunately. Like, but we're going to try to... perishable, so you, you really can't buy them in bulk. You have to you have to buy them when you're ready to use them. And I think that's, that's the key to building a salad is just fresh greens, guys. I think we make the mistake that, and there's almost something psychological in people when you buy those little packaged, gassed salad bags and or containers, they go in the fridge. Even after a couple days i think you've turned your mind from those were lovely salad greens i wanted to right. salad to the but to kind of wilting and dying in my yeah. fridge yeah so the, i think getting people started is it's all about just Freshness. simple fresh greens and dressing them lightly um so I, I get asked a lot about how to build a salad dressing because quite frankly um you know the bottled salad dressings is there one you like guys mm. is no. there one you buy um, at home I know what I like. What? What do you like? Not bottled. Not bottled. You like fresh. You like from the yeah, restaurant, right? Yeah, we don't eat. I don't eat salads at home much. Right. So what I like is what, what you we put do. on that house salad. It's a bomb. It is a killer. Yeah, my favorite dressing, honestly, is just whatever vinegar I have laying around and some olive oil. Right. That's so good. That's, that's, good. that's to me that's the best. Well, see, I, I, I like flavor. So I, I think that's the the key to it. Is, yeah, well, flavor is key, but you know, a, a nice vinegar and a nourishing element. So whenever I'm making a vinaigrette, here's the base, and I tell all my cooks this, and this is kind of the intro 101 to vinaigrettes. Mm-hmm. One, you have to have a blender. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, if you want to use an immersion blender, you know those ones that are on a, a stick that you can kind of. Great. S- they're great. Immersion yeah. blenders are good for home. Oh, you mean that's the stick? That the you stick put blender, down in something. Right. So instead of taking out all the heavy oh. equipment at home and setting all that up, and then finding the blade in the in the drawer of mess that you have, right? Just get the stick blender. They're they're good enough for about ninety percent of home preparation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that right? They Absolutely. come with a metal cup that's going to be roughly about three cups you know in size and, and, and you need to get one of those kind of cylindrical things to put it down in well come it with comes it. with it so yeah. it's about a four cup that co- metal cup that comes with it and that's the that's my mixing bowl so into that cup i'm always going to start my my vinaigrette with shallot 
I, I, I prefer it over onion. It has more aromatics than onion. It's not as harsh, and it kind of gives a nice puree or baseline flavor to all vinaigrettes. Mm-hmm. I always use some fresh thyme if I'm, if I'm not naming another herb in the vinaigrette. So fresh thyme, shallots. How and much then, of that do you put in? So uh, typically f- for up to a quart of dressing, just one shallot and just a few one sprigs shallot. of thyme. Do they thyme. look like onions? They uh, they kind of look like a small purplish. Kind of like cross between an onion and a garlic. See how dumb I am. No, but they're good. They're they're really. I they're eat really Jeremy's good. food. I they're don't so they're peel super it, mild. They're great. Peel it. Add your thyme. Add add a few peppercorns. But here's the key: you just need one part vinegar to three parts oil. Mm-hmm. You can ratio this however you want. So if you wanted one cup of vinaigrette, you're going to use a third a cup of vinegar. And two thirds a cup of oil, or three, you know. Is or the vinegar three. key? Is the kind of vinegar? You're going to need the acid one because that's where all the flavor is in a vinaigrette. The actual element, uh, the nourishing element, as we call it, and also it's a, it helps to emulsify it. Which you know. Well, how do you find that in a grocery store? Is that just anything that's on the shelf in the cooking uh, session? So it, when you're talking about vinegars for salad, I think most are appropriate, especially wine vinegars. Mm-hmm. The ones I don't really use are the harsh vinegars, like white table vinegar. Yeah. Oh, you know that doesn't. Okay really have anything but burn to it but every other wine vinegar has gone through a process it's from a food ingredient that matches up with your flavors in general i keep uh, a few vinegars in my house i keep white vinegar in Mm -hmm. there honestly mainly for cleaning right (laughs) i was gonna say yeah mainly for cleaning like a a dishwasher right red wine vinegar it's great for salads balsamic vinegar great for salads Mm -hmm. sometimes apple cider vinegar that could be a little harsh but it's great with potatoes right it it works great with potatoes so you got those three vinegars plus a white a basic white vinegar you're in good shape you can make anything and a lot of the flavor vinegars do the job for you i mean you can Mm -hmm. buy you know uh, a white wine tarragon vinegar or ones that are infused with fruit so you really don't have to add a whole lot else to it to get if it's like a blueberry white vinegar then it already has the blueberry flavor. <coughs> you might throw a few fresh blueberries in there or a spoon of blackberry or blueberry and preserves. And you all in the blender. In the blender, right. So back to the back to it, we have a shallot, we have thyme, we have one, uh, a third part of vinegar to three parts oil. Uh, if you want your vinaigrette to be creamy, you know, like a mm-hmm. emulsified, just add a, a teaspoon of Dijon mustard. If you want it to break, which I like sometimes too, a loose vinaigrette is the one you see like Italian dressing that separates on the plate. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of oil and watery, and but there's something nice about that sometimes on a plate. You know, that kind of broken vinaigrette look. It's a little lighter and doesn't coat the tongue as much and makes flavors come out more pronounced. That's right? really good for a uh, like a, a, a tomato mozzarella salad. Yeah, where you want to oh, yeah. see oh, yeah, you yeah. want to see the I've olive oil inside the vinegar. I've seen that. You know, yeah. and it, it, there's well, something sexy there's about something, that. Yeah, you know, super it, nice well, about that. What right. do you do with your balsamic mm-hmm. vinaigrette that I love? Okay. on that house salad, it is a killer salad. So here, here's here's this the ingredients because I just told you how to make a vinegar. We're gonna finish this up. You, if you have your one part vinegar in there, three parts oil, your shallot, and your thyme, let's talk about nourishing element. If you want a blackberry vinaigrette, let's use some fresh blackberries or blackberry preserves. One mm-hmm. or the other is going to be good. If we use the preserves, we don't have to finish the vinaigrette with any added sugar or honey. It's already got the sugar uh, yeah, in it. Yeah, because that's what I like is a little sweet. A little sweet. If you use the fresh fruit, you're probably going to want to finish the vinaigrette with a touch of local honey. And I mean just enough to take the, the bite off of the vinegar right. uh, to make it balanced. So anyway, if you have everything in your blender but the oil, you turn it on high. 
make sure the lid's on or else you're going to have one of those explosions out of the kitchen. <laughs> if you're using an immersion that blender, like I would do. you'll kind of ease into it yeah. until it starts to spin. At that point in time, all you have to do is slowly drizzle the oil in there till it's gone. And what you're going to see is a vortex forming at the top of the blender. That hole that spins, you know, it's like, you know, water draining down a Right. down a drain mm-hmm. and w- as you as you add the oil that's going to start to close and get smaller and smaller and right before it closes stop adding the oh. oil and that way your vinaigrettes don't break they don't have a high ratio of fat to, to vinegar and they're not going to separate how much oil do you put in did you say yeah it's uh, one part vinegar to three parts oil and you can do that oh. when uh, at any ratio what you kind want of oil do you use uh oil salad oil is going to be a you know a good canola oil something heart healthy i'd probably stay away from soybean most other ones what about or a really strong one i, I find it extra all- virgin olive oil is not great for vinegar really i agree why it's why, a little why, too why? strong and f- olive oil flavor. i completely oh. agree olive oil is can kind of overtake really? a salad version yeah i use I actually at home i use canola oil yeah i use it as it's the acrid. cheapest and it's it's not you know like you said it's somewhat i guess health heart healthy compared to some of the others mm-hmm. but it, it's a very neutral oil because mm-hmm. sometimes if you use really good olive oil that's really good you won't taste the uh the vinegar you i'm sorry or you either won't taste the vinegar or they'll fight each other so what do you use in the balsamic? You do? So we use balsamic vinegar. So that's going to be, uh, you know, just a, 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 a dark aged vinegar. Uh, everybody probably has balsamic vinegar at home. And to make that vinaigrette, I'm going to use, say, a third a cup of vinegar. I'm going to use one clove of garlic. I'm going to use one clove of garlic, one teaspoon of Dijon mustard. I'm going to use one third a cup of blue cheese crumbles. Mm. Yeah. And then I'm going to use about a third a cup of brown sugar. Oh wow! Oh wow! Okay. So these can you are, do a little more brown sugar if you want it a little you sweeter? You totally can do it any way you want. But this is the ratio. And once you turn on the blender, you add. If I, I said a third, a third a cup of mm-hmm. of uh, vinegar, then you're going to have you know, uh, basically uh, three thirds. You know, anyway, anyway, just basically add the oil at the top until it closes. So if you use a third yeah. of a cup One of oil, of vinegar, you want to use a full cup of vinegar. And I'd say this a, keeps well in the refrigerator, so you can make a quantity. Um, so I take it home, and, you know, we have different, um, I guess, shelf lives at the restaurant versus what you have right. at home, right? Uh-huh. You know, 10 days is kind of be the max of the restaurant. Our dressings never last that long because we make them in three or four quart batches, mm-hmm. enough for a couple of days, really. Um, but and 10 days uh, in a restaurant at home, I have balsamic vinaigrette that I brought home from the restaurant Sure. Three months but ago. you can't do that in a restaurant. Three months ago, yeah, and we yeah, use yeah. it. And, and you know, it, it stays in the refrigerator. It's mostly oil, and it, the and oil kind of comes to the not, top. Not a whole yeah. lot of perishable stuff. So I'd say let your nose be your guide, but don't sweat it too much. Um, there's ways to make things last longer, but that's why all your grocery store salad dressings don't taste very good. Mm-hmm. Why? All the additives they have uh, to, to it. Xanthan it gum in particular Lecithin, gives it. Really? Xanthan gum. I see it a lot. You do, and it's nothing bad about that. It's just a locust bean it's extra. It just thickens things, but thickens it also things. makes them, well, I don't know, uh, pasty. I know this is about vinaigrette, but what if you want a creamy ranch? Is there... I've got one key for you, and it, as long as you got good mayonnaise and a lot of buttermilk, you're gonna make yeah. the best ranch. Really? Yeah. Um, you know that's a, that would that would not be a a vinaigrette. That would be you right. know a different kind of dressing. Um, but whenever I whenever we're doing that at the restaurant, ours consists of 
lots of fresh buttermilk, mayonnaise, a lot of garlic and onion mm, powder, chives, for you, dill, red wine good. vinegar, <laughs> um, you know, a little bit of fresh parsley, and that's all there is to it in large amounts. And we balance that acid with the buttermilk. That's kind of the acid. That's what gives it that tart bite. And people ask what makes it so good, and that's why I tell people you just have to have a lot of buttermilk. And every, if you're making it at home, don't make ranch without buttermilk. Get the buttermilk. It makes a difference. Yeah. So a couple of cheats here because I like to cheat. Uh, if you make a lot of dressing, keep it in a mason jar. It's great because you can just shake it up. Yeah. You shake it up and go. You don't have to re-emulsify it every time you want to use it. You okay. keep it in your fridge. You just give it a quick shake. A really quick dressing that's super easy to make is uh, about a, a, about two parts salsa, jarred salsa, mm-hmm. one part mayonnaise. Put it in a blender. And what does it look like? It'll like look Russian like it'll 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 Mountain be like Island or something. You know, it, it'll basically be like a, a I don't know how to describe Cake. it, but it's 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 you can thin it out with a little buttermilk, give it a little more ranchy taste. But it's just a really good ba- when you don't know what you want. It's one of those things like oh, it tastes really good. Just mayonnaise uh, and well, salsa. It sounds like it would look a little bit like a. It, would, it comes out red. It almost looks like a Thousand Island, I guess you would say. Yeah. But it's a really nice, just basic Tuesday night dressing. If you're making a salad and you don't want to really, and you're not wanting get to crazy. be vinaigrette and healthy. You right. want to be junky. Yeah, I mean, uh, we have that in our fridge at home too. That's, that's yeah, that's what we do. But yeah, so vinaigrettes in a nutshell: one part or one part oil or to three part one part vinegar to three parts oil mm-hmm. a shallot some thyme want to throw a few peppercorns in there you can i just season typically at the end with salt and pepper to balance that out right. but that's kind of how we go about doing it and at home if you're like us um I, I typically make the greens be the the emphasis. You know, the, the salads we do at Azure can have some textures to it, some cheeses, some nuts, some vegetables. But That's at home, what I love about that house salad. Right. It's fun, right? Yeah. At home, I really f- find I get the most greens down my kids when it's just <laughs> lightly dressed, very high-quality, fresh salad mix. What do you kind guys of like- salad? What kind of lettuce do you get? What's the best kind? I uh, like romaine. I'm into romaine right now. Well, I I don't I don't know if I could classify what I think is is the best. It really depends on my mood. But right now, I guess in in most stores you're seeing a variety of artisan lettuce in a pack that has some red gem and some mm-hmm. some bib and uh, red oak and things and, like that. I yeah. think that's the way to go. The ones that are already still on their um, what do you call it stalk. Uh huh. You're going to get a lot more shelf life out of that. Yeah, they have that like in Kroger's where they you do. like pick up something that has roots hanging off of it. Well, that's the, those are still like alive and growing, yeah. Um, but there's other ones in a package that kind of just have the, 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 or, the heart still does. attached. It has the, the bottom. Yeah, it does. And, and, and you, can, you can usually get romaine and keep it pretty successfully. You know? Can I ask you one more question about lettuce? Yeah. How do you grill romaine? <laughs> that is fabulous. Well. Is that tricky? No, it's not. If it's tricky, you don't have to tell me. No, it's not tricky. Um, It's as simple as just having a lot of surface area. So you've got a whole head of romaine, cut it in half lengthwise, and that's going to open up that big, flat face. And uh, just don't forget to season it. Lots of olive oil, lots of salt and pepper. The olive oil is going to drip off into the grill and flame up and kiss that lettuce, and that's what makes it good. Like, if you just lightly grilled the romaine, I'm like, okay, some it's i don't know you want it charred you want a little i charred. want a little black and then yeah. just searing the outside because you still want the integrity of the lettuce you don't want like warm lettuce exactly it still has to have a crunch so you'd put it, it on what bite. temperature you don't um i'd probably say 425 on your grill for 30 to 40 seconds or an oven and i would not flip it 
Nope. Let you can it use just your sit. Don't you can mess use your broiler with it. if you do it right under the broiler. Okay. You can use your broiler yeah. in your oven if right, you don't want to get right, the grill right, right. hot. Okay. You can do it right there. Now, we, we talked about salad, which is healthy. Now, we're going to talk about king cake coming up next. We're going to talk about Fat Tuesday and king cake. And you stick around. This is Food News and Shoes Radio. Hey, it's Food News and Shoes Radio. We talked about salads in the first half. Now we're going to talk about cake because you know, got to have a little something healthy. Yes, fat <laughs> salad to cake. I King like cake it. season is right around the corner. And it's all about fat and sugar. I mean, you got to like shovel it in. Yeah. Fred, Fred Wolstein of uh, Donut Days Bakery on the phone with us. How you doing, Fred? I'm doing well. Thank you. So king cake, you, you, yeah. you make king cakes and you only do them this time of the year, right? Uh, well, actually, we get calls for them throughout the year. For There's various religions that celebrate using a king cake. So we'll make a few that? throughout the year. But this it really it. officially starts on Epiphany. And then which it runs January 6th. up to yeah. Fat Tuesday, which yeah. is basically January 6th through uh, February 21st. Uh, on Fat Tuesday, yeah. uh, the day before Lent, which is uh, on a Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. Okay. How many do you say that you prepare in that time period? Well, I, we've been selling them since January 5th already, and we're, we well did over like 120 or 130 already. Um, but Fat Tuesday in Lexington is the big day. Okay. So we're going to hit another five to 600 um, starting Saturday, getting ready. We'll have people picking up Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Um, so wow. it's going to be an all-out run now. Oh, tell so, us about them. Tell yeah, us is about a king cake? When we think of a cake, we think of a batter, like a loose batter in a cake pan. But a king cake is kind of put together a little bit differently, right? Absolutely. A lot of people that have never heard of them get the image of a traditional cake. It's actually comes from France via uh, settlers in New Orleans, and it is a brioche type bread. Uh, mixed with uh, French pastry. And so the most modern thing that I can compare it to is a Danish. It's like a giant Danish. Does it have cream filling or something? Or is it just that No, um, typically the traditional is cinnamon. Um, however, over the years, it's morphed into a lot of different flavors. I've seen, you know, we do apple, cherry. Really? Uh, cream cheese and cinnamon, but cream. cinnamon is far out the most popular. Is that mixed but into the batter? Do, is that mixed? In, is that mixed into the batter, or is that on the icing? When you said cream it's, cheese, it's actually when you're rolling um, the dough, it's layered on the dough and then rolled into oh. it like a cinnamon roll. Oh, so it's not really in the dough. It is on top of the dough and then rolled, rolled. and then cut and open. And, and then you get that oval shape that is, you know, symbolic of the, of the king cakes. You know, I was trying to kind of think about king cakes and some um, hacks and tips for home if you wanted to execute oh, it. Yeah. And I really started, you know, thinking about the home baker dealing with brioche dough. And I came to the conclusion that you really just need to go to Donut Days and buy, and one, buy one. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you if you really study that dough, you're talking about a butter-leavened dough that usually has to sit overnight. It has a lot. I mean, it's a tricky thing. And then you say you're folding in, you know, a, a laminated dough, too. Um, I, I, you know, that that's what creates that kind of crumbly texture, but still has a chew to it. Mm-hmm. Um, this it's is, a lot of work. It, may, it's, it, it, it reminds me of a challah sometimes, yes. but more sweet. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is a process. It, it's, it's a very sticky dough. I mean, it's hard to work with. Um, typically, we only do it, you know, we chill it, which is, you know, a old baker's trick to get a dough that's cantankerous to be able to be worked with and to slow down the, the fermentation process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you're dealing with, um, you know, literally 50 pounds of dough at a time, you need to how do you convert how do you convert your it's like a factory almost and then it's like super like uh, there's a huge arc and you know you're making donuts every day and then you have to add this on do you have to bring extra people in to do these or uh, yes i do mm -hmm. um we it's basically what we call the old-fashioned all skate everybody's working so we have people concentrating on doing king cakes we have people concentrating on doing our normal decorating of uh, conventional cakes and making the cookies but and but the donuts of course it's its own part but we're going to be focused on this for the next five days so uh, do you want to hear a funny story about baking fred that that happened when i was working in miami and this was one of the amateur baker interns that came in and they were doing a, a large equivalent to what you would have in a mixer you know probably 50 to 100 pounds of flour at once uh, they were doing brioche, they over-leavened it, and they forgot to add salt. So one, you know, with the amount of butter in that dough and flour, the chef was already teed because it was expensive. And you can't just add the salt at the end. Oh, You're done. You're, yeah. You've messed it up. Yeah. Well, of course, he takes this big batch of dough, and it goes to the dumpster outside where it's 90 degrees in Miami. Oh, no. Oh, my. Three hours later, that <laughs> thing is proofed into a big muffin on the top of the dumpster oh, and that. basically baked crusted. It was oh. a big dumpster muffin that weighed about 3,000 pounds. Dumpster muffin. That is a great muffin. story. Dumpster yeah. muffin. <laughs> hey, you could try that, you know, Fred? That'd be a publicity thing, you know? Yeah, that'd be uh, nice. Duster, that's uh, that's just a funny story about dough taking off. And you really, yeah. when, when it comes to baking, like it's a good point, is you want to have your, what they call mise en place, all your things in place in the beginning, uh -huh. because if you forget your salt, you can't add it back hey, in. It just during, won't work. During the pandemic, I've heard a couple of stories about that as people, however they screwed it up, it came out of the oven in yeah. a huge, huge bread bubble. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> that's why you get everything and together. How about baby Jesus? Out. How how do you do that <laughs> so that it's not a day for dentists? How do, how does a baby get done now? Do you just uh, put it in there well, randomly? Uh, the baby has you know it's evolved over time. It used to be something like a bean or a coin or a a metal token, and now it's a plastic. Um, baby Jesus representation because the king cake is all about symbolism actually right you're talking about it's basically a nod to the three kings coming to give gifts to the baby Jesus so now the baby Jesus is maybe about a half inch Tiny. tall yeah to three quarters and we put it off to the side. Um, it used to be in the cake. Right. And that now is, uh, that would definitely be a field day for some people that advertise <laughs> quite often yeah. on the radio. Yeah, it is, it is a personal numbers. injury attorneys. Can it's, we spell that? It's a weird thing that we used to, you know, eat it in the cake. <laughs> and know. now we've become I so, I don't know, so litigious or so yeah, whatever that right. we can't even do that anymore. Well, dentists loved it too. Yeah. I mean, you didn't break your teeth. Well, the dentists, I mean, this cake, basically you're talking about a sweet dough. Then it's then it's covered with a very sticky 
uh, vanilla glaze. Then we're going to pour some sugar all over it. Mm. We're going to pour a yellow <laughs> sugar, a green sugar, and a purple sugar. So you've got like uh-huh. the triple. They should sell these at dentist office. Yeah. I mean, that's just. They should. Yeah. I mean, it's a good business plan. Absolutely. Get you right so how's back business in. otherwise? Everything going well with you? We love well, our donut uh, days. Like, like a lot of people in the hospitality business, it's been a build back from the, you know, the COVID situation. And it's slowly coming back for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are, I feel for a lot of people because there's a lot of places that they couldn't weather the storm. It was difficult. But yeah, uh, people are getting out and people are like, we expect a very big turnout. The weather looks to be in the low 60s for Fat Tuesday, so we think we'll have a lot of people this year. I know we uh, we only got a few minutes, but what um what's big in in, in donut technology or in, in the donut mm. world right now? Is there a new donut? You know, for a while it was the cronut <laughs> was taking over. Is there a new flavor? Is, is there, there a new donut? Is there something the new in the donut you know, world that we need to be aware of? <laughs> you know, there hasn't been much uh, in the way of innovation in donuts how do you improve on perfection right you know, how do you <laughs> yeah how do you improve on perfection that's right but new what is there a new hot flavor i just wonder how how tastes yeah, have changed yeah. especially since covid it's like sandwiches you know right. sandwich weeks and stuff everybody tries to outdo each other on right what's on them yeah, bacon, do you have I mean, bacon donuts do along. <laughs> people will want like there was a hawaiian flavor um but it failed about as fast as it came on. Hawaiian. <laughs> <laughs> I had a. Um, I, I tried a it's sweet just, bean donut. I was not happy. Not there, but yes, I, now, I was out of town. I had a sweet bean. It was not. Do, do you have a bacon thing. donut? Bacon is a big thing now. That is something we do do. Not every day. I mean, we do rotate different um, featured donuts. I you know, like for Fat Tuesday, we'll be doing a, a beignet donut and mm. Ooh, uh, a boshki. Yeah which is, you know, the Polish origin with uh, fruit fillings and um, powdered sugar. Mm -hmm. Very dense jelly donut. Mm -hmm. Jelly donuts are really important. Yeah, Yeah. Go check out Donut Days on Southland. And if they have the apple cider donuts, get them because they're... they're, Apple cider donuts? Yeah, Yeah, guys, and don't sleep on... I mean, apple fritters. Yeah, apple fritters. Just a good old chocolate glaze. Classic glaze. Chocolate glaze. Yeah. It, I, I'm not going to say this and, and you not have it, but you still doing the salt uh, leaven bread? Uh, you know, I am, but let me tell you something. I've had the worst run right. getting the starter to hit. Oh, no. Um, this weather, if you talk to any old baker, this up and down, hot oh. and cold, low humidity, high humidity mm-hmm. is not good for shop conditions. For salt rising, what we need is a stable temperature. I don't care if it's cold just, just stay cold yeah just don't mess with it too dead just don't I, the barometer going up and down Does is not work. good for salt rising interesting so is, yeah, right. hopefully we get a stable weather pattern then we'll get some good batches of salt rising but right now the starter is not my friend oh well, go wow. and see go yeah. and see fred go and see yeah, donut fred, days we love and fred. get yourself a uh, king cake fred thanks so much for being yeah, on the thank show thank you Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. All right. See, we talked about donuts. We had Fred on from Donut Days. We're good. We're going to talk. Yeah, I know we're, we're going to talk some CSAs. CSAs. So, again, back to healthy vegetables. What's going on with uh, CSAs right now? Well, you heard all about uh, Jeremy's dressings and to get your best and freshest lettuces and uh, her herbs and ingredients for 
those salads, uh, you need to check out CSAs. Now is the time. Do not wait until March or April. They will be full. And you can find a listing of all of the CSAs either at Organic Association of Kentucky for your organic CSAs or KentuckyProud.org for um, all of the CSAs throughout Kentucky. Yeah, if you don't know what a CSA is, a CSA is basically you buy direct from the farmer. You buy sort of a share of Mm -hmm. what the crop is. And then every week or every month or whatever you sign up for, you get a delivery and you don't always know what's going to be in it. Yeah, and you can do vegetables, or you can get meat, or you can do both, right? Yes, vegetables, meat. You can even do some salad green CSAs now, I think. And Food Chain, who we talked about in the first half, has a um, microgreen CSA, and I believe they're doing lettuce CSAs as well. So, cool. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Norma, for You're keeping welcome. on top of that. Right. We appreciate check it. Check those out. And yeah. uh, what's going on at the restaurant, Jeremy? What do we, uh, what do we got going on with features? we got just a couple minutes left. Uh, well, there's there's really no absence of, of features at Azor. I mean, basically, we're, we're kind of hopping into the spring right now, so mm-hmm. all of our menus have just changed. What I really like right now is kind of the, the resurgence of lunch. And, um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I guess throughout the pandemic years, the whole lunch menu didn't really jive with the current cost structure, but now that things are kind of leveling out and people are back mm-hmm. to work, I'm really excited to be offering kind of a, a full-fledged lunch menu at Azor. You can have anything from chicken salad on grilled non bread with chipotle <laughs> and lime in it, solid burger, soup, salad, sandwiches, and stuff that you can, you know, that's approachable to people. Mm-hmm. You know, I was kind of looking at the price structure and what we're doing, and, you know, we're doing 14 I know, uh, some of our things are on there for $12, which I think that's is pretty bargain. competitive. Yeah. Right considering now. your your broad scale Chipotle McDonald's people are mm-hmm. right there with us. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm kind of really encouraging people to kind of revisit lunch. I know sometimes Azor can be, uh, you know, hard to, to do a couple times a month for dinner. That that can be expensive. We are more in the fine dining range. But, uh, you know, inviting everybody out for lunch and brunch try it. to try great. some things out, you kind of d- get to... To, to dabble in some of our flavors yeah. without having to Chicken spend Caprice as much. Chicken Caprese is back. Uh, the uh, uh, the burger. Right. Plus just salmon yeah. sandwich was. I thought I was with a woman the other day. I thought she was going to die. She was so in love with that salmon. Yeah, that one's that one's pretty. <laughs> oh man. Pretty good. But uh, you know that kind of goes along with with brunch being open on Sunday. Where you know everything from breakfast plates to country ham, eggs Benedict, or crab cake Benedicts. Um, and we got the you know like I said, Diner Classic Burger and Azor Burger but too. I want to know things. yeah what's the price of eggs uh they're down they're well, you down know, people say they're not in the grocery stores we're not getting the advantage they're not there yeah that's what somebody told me i don't know what to think about that no, uh, the wholesale market i haven't seen anybody um say that they're out but you know there for a while we were talking about double the cost at least yeah. but uh, things seem to be leveling out now as long as i don't have any more avian flus I think we might be in the clear. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and we need that. I mean, this is the basis yeah. core of all, yeah. every kitchen in America. Yeah. We just need some good price to Yeah, build. Norma said there's right. some egg CSAs, so get them now while they're, or the prices might go down. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> all, all right. right. Everybody, have a great okay. Fat Thank Tuesday. You. Ha- have a great, uh, uh, you know, get your king cake. Go see our friends at Southland Drive. Go get the king cake at Donut Days. Oh, I love Fred and Donut oh, Days. Oh, it's great. What an icon of the, the community. Show. We'll see you next Thank week. You. It's Food News and Choose Radio. All right.